you want. Let's just, you run the shit, man. I mean, whatever you want to talk about. What's something that, I know I'm not a dad and I can't, I can't give value to that, but I mean. Well, there were a couple things actually. Um, I do want to talk about the podcast setup and we'll get on that. However, the first thing I wanted to ask with just the, the ending of the holidays, everyone went ham on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And now going into Christmas, a lot of my coworkers at least have been talking about this. Like, Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> They're already talking like, oh, new year, new me. And it's like, how can people prepare themselves even now than just waiting till January? Because I'm sure you know it just as well as I know it. When people try to set that, I'm starting here rather than just make that a part of their lifestyle, that automatically setting themselves up to fail. I think it starts clearly a couple months before the new year hits. I think that it's okay to go all in on Thanksgiving and Christmas, those days, not those weeks or the days preceding the actual event, like the Christmas, you know, it, where people get off track, at least where my clientele gets off track is where, is when they go to Christmas parties, they attend those, they eat like shit there. They also go to their own Christmas parties and then indulge because they're around family and friends. And I get all that. And I think that it's okay in my own, in my own walk in fitness. I believe it's definitely okay to go all in on those days, the Thanksgiving day, the day of Christmas or pick however your family does it. Maybe you guys eat ham on Christmas Eve or you go ham on Christmas day, whatever. But getting back on track with your regular foods the day after, getting back in the gym and continuing your routine. It's easy to go it, to weave in and out and yo-yo throughout the entire season of Thanksgiving Christmas. And because the two months are so far or close together, it's, it's, it seems allowable, but it shouldn't be allowable. But that all transfers back to really, do you give a shit about yourself? How much do you care? If you don't care that much, you're right. You're going to throw it all to the wind for those last couple of months. And you rationalize it as two months, no big deal. But it is a big deal because you're actually setting the game. You're setting your course in the game in the wrong direction going into the new year. I don't know if you think you're going to gain all this motivation and everything come January 1st, but that's not how life rocks. And that's not how this, that's not how this, this transition is going to work. So just like people practice before the real game, you have to practice before the new year hits. And that's how you set yourself up for improvement. And that's how yourself set yourself up for progression. But it all resonates with you giving a shit. You got to care more than the next person. You got to care more than your family that are offering you all these cookies and whatnot. You know, on the days that you are per not permitted, you've not permitted yourself. You yourself have, have made the discipline. I am not going to eat on this day, but I will eat this day. And you just go ham. I'll be honest with you, on Thanksgiving, I was eating cheesecake till 10 p.m. <laughs> and I was stuffing my face until I was sick because... It's not healthy. I'm not saying it's a healthy behavior, but my entire life is predicated on discipline. Everything. I set boundaries. I set disciplines that I probably don't need to, but that's how I feel my best. I have to set borders. If I don't set borders, 
then I'm just, I know myself, I'm going to go off the rails. Like all of us will, we're human. We're, we're predisposed to wanting, our brains are going to want us to eat carbs and sugars. And when we get some, they're going to, we want more and more. And it's just, I don't want to open that door. I don't want to open the door because I know if I open it, I'm just going to spiral down. And so that's the reason why I put these boundaries on my life. It's ne- it's, ne- it's, it's necessary. Yeah. And there's a lot of people I know that getting back to work and things like that, there, there were some people still bringing leftovers from that Thanksgiving. Um, I, I was tired of the turkey after the first day. I could not go about eating that anymore. It was just way too much. My aunt invited us over and it was like, oh, all the sweets and everything. It's, it, it's intense. And yeah. I'm already starting to see it, at least on social media. People are putting out, putting out the message, motivating those to get hype for fitness before January hits which I think is a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, it starts by setting these, these stones and taking these steps months ahead. Yeah, I think that people should be working out and should be living that fit lifestyle. Maybe October, just do it yeah. in October. Don't wait till January to get yeah. that gym membership. Don't wait till January to look for a personal trainer. Yeah. You know, what funny thing about me is I never keep leftovers. I throw everything away. Really? I throw every, I, or I give it away. Um, I had a, that cheesecake. I ate half of it, half of a cheesecake <laughs> on top of other sweets and all that junk on top of the Thanksgiving dinners and all that. And I had like two Thanksgiving dinners. I throw it away because what's more important to me besides salvaging some food that I know others could do with and, and it could it could it could be a, a, a great blessing to others in, in unfortunate areas of the world. But what am I gonna do? Go travel to those unfortunate areas and give them the food that's gonna be old and stale and rotten anyways. So I just I know that it's it's not worth it when I'm paying the price if I keep eating this junk. And it's not like Thanksgiving dinner's junk, but the sodium content, the fat content, all those carbs, they will trigger you to want to eat worse things. And if we're in the pattern of what comes after the Thanksgiving dinner is the pies. If we ate Thanksgiving dinner, that pattern is going to be triggered in our head too. We're going to want to go for the pies again. So if you just, if you just void out everything, there is not that chance that you revert, right? You don't relapse, so to speak. And so I do that for me preferentially, because I know that if I have it, I might rationalized to eat it after a big leg day or whatever, but I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. And so I just take it out. I just take it out. That's I think it. that's really good. I, I mean, my wife, she throws food away too. I mean, just because looking at it, the harm that it would do to us keeping something like that. I mean, keeping things like oats and apples and vegetables right. and things. I mean, no one, it's a shame when you have to throw it out because you haven't gotten to eating it yet. Right. But a thing like a cheesecake, it could probably last for, for weeks. Of in course. Your fridge. <laughs> of course. But I mean, the harm that it would do to your body at a, yeah. at a physical level in the long run with uh, higher blood pressure and yeah. um, all, among all the other things. And so I wanted to also get into kind of how some people, they, they think about taking steps to starting in a positive direction. And a lot of people will use something like fitness and think, I need to do this because I want to do it for other people or things like that. And 
kind of with the relation of the message that you send on your podcast is about, at least this is my interpretation of it, it's you should do it for yourself even if no one's watching, even if you're not getting paid or whatever because whatever it is that you, you're choosing to do is going to bring fulfillment to you and bring a reward to you, whether it's financial reward, a spiritual reward, or just a feel-good reward. And when it came to starting your podcast, how was that in terms of like getting motivated to do it? I mean, clearly you're not doing it just for other people. I mean, this was for yourself mm -hmm. in, in its inception. And mm -hmm. though it is reaching other people, I mean, well, I guess it's not, not a question for you, but like how would you speak to other people who might say, well, Justin, I, this is what I want to do and I want to do it for other people or whatever, whatever the case may be. You have to go all in on yourself. That's first and foremost. You got to go all in on yourself and what your gut is telling you. If your gut's telling you, don't do this, do this instead, then that's where you should go. My gut was telling me that I should start bringing myself out there more. It didn't have anything to do with a podcast of sorts. It started with dumb Instagram stories. And that's where my, I, I started to come into my identification. And when I felt more comfortable doing that, that's when you actually prompted me by saying, I think you have a good message and I think that other people need to hear this. And that was the inspiration for me to start the podcast. And then you helped do all of everything on the setup because I'm a dumb <laughs> person when it comes to technical <laughs> shit. So I, I am grateful for you on that. You know that. So that was all... I was all prompted by you. And so, because to be honest with you, I used to think people that podcasted were geeks. That was, that's, that's real stuff that I used to think when anybody I heard podcasts is dumb, that's stupid. But, and it wasn't because I hated on it because I would want to do, you know, we hate on things we want to do, but we don't have the goal to do it. It wasn't that. I just really didn't think there was really much of anything to it or any value to it. But it wasn't, the podcasting of, it, I chose that avenue because I'm not a writer, so I'm not a blogger. I'm not gonna blog stuff. Yeah, I chose, I. yeah, I chose podcasting because I'm a speaker and I love to speak and I love to talk to people. And much more over than just getting a message out, this is therapy for me. This is my therapy. And this is how I medicate myself. And by me talking to others and, and, hopefully it, my message reaches other people and they hear it and it helps them, then I'm doing my part. And I'm not, I, I told you this, I don't look at analytics. I don't know who my podcast is reaching. I don't know how many people it's reaching. I don't care. I just put it out there because I find value in this. And I find value in what my message is, not because I'm arrogant or biased, but because I this is dating off of experience and this is dating on things that I'm inherently passionate about. So I bring them to my, I bring them to your attention and maybe there's something that you can resonate with. If not great, but if so, I'm doing my job and I'm, and I'm also medicating myself in the process, which is something that most people don't know. Yeah. I, I think that doing, doing what it is that you're passionate about and not even looking at the things like the analytics, there are so many people out there that, they just think to themselves, how many likes am I getting? How many, how many views is this video getting? 
And they'll put the value on the work based on that, on the reception of the work, mm -hmm. rather than the content of it in itself. I think you had mentioned it that even if your message only reached one person mm -hmm. and it was something that they needed to hear, mm -hmm. that's better than reaching a million people and, you know, 50% of them could care less. Yeah. It's yep. just like, well, I'm listening to him because my friends listen to him. It, there's one person out there that needs to hear something. And hundred percent. And that's the reason why you do it. If you're really authentic and genuine with, you, with your expression, you don't care about analytics. You don't care about any agenda. I don't care about an agenda. I don't have an agenda with this. I set this as a consistency in my life twice a week because that's the kind of person I am. Remember, I set boundaries. I set disciplines. And there's not really many people that can break those disciplines. I would say the only person that could break a discipline with me is God. But he's going to have to really shoot because he knows I'm hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting these boundaries in line because I know I'm my best when I have boundaries and I, I make disciplines all my life. And so setting aside two days, I know I can do a podcast two days a week. It's just helped me to keep consistent. If it was a thing where I, I'm going to, whenever I get inspired, I'm going to do a podcast. I mean, it would probably never happen, but it would also likely happen all the time because I'm always inspired. But then again, I keep those inspirations and I, I note them for Wednesday's podcast or for Sunday's podcast. And I always note them because if something hits me, I'm going to talk about it. And if something I really feel like somebody could use in terms of application in their life, I want to, I want to document it. So I talk about it. And then really Everything from there on out is is, is uh, ad libbed. I, I don't have a script I follow, and I'm I'm purposeful on that because I don't like scripts. I think one time you actually asked me, Justin, do you when, when we podcasted like years a couple years ago, you said, do I want the questions beforehand? Yeah, and I said absolutely not because I want to give you genuine answers. I don't want to, I don't want to study these things. I don't want to be able to give you studied answers. What truth is there in studied answers? I want to give you authentic, genuine answers and my authentic approach. And if I stutter or stumble on the way, that's what happens. Cause guess what? I'm human. And guess who can relate to that? Other humans listening. You don't have to be polished. You don't have to be exact. What will happen if you keep practicing your craft, you will become more polished and you will become more refined. And that's just a byproduct of you practicing. But it's more important for you to get it out now. It's more important for you to capitalize on what you're passionate about and what you love now rather than worrying about the, the details or the incremental minutia that doesn't really matter in the long run, right? If you listen to lyricists when they first start, and then you listen to them five years later, you notice that their lyrics have grown. The way they piece transition words together, phrases, they grow. They get more in tune with their own voice. They get more in tune with their, with their identity. And it comes out on the mic. And that's not by, by, by coincidence. That's not by, by, by fault. That's, that's, that's by practice. That's the only way you get there. So I practice my fitness, I practice my eating, I practice my disciplines, I practice my podcasting because I'm practicing for the innate purpose that I know is going to be in my fulfillment in the long run. But it's not now, but that doesn't mean I give up. That doesn't mean I keep, I keep, I don't keep treading water. Remember, there is no agenda and that's what makes me a force.
because there is no agenda. I have no strategy with this. I'm not looking for monetary uh, dividends. I'm looking to prosper people. And I know that if I'm on Apple and I'm on Stitcher and I'm on SoundCloud, <laughs> I know it's going to get out to at least one person. Yeah. And I'm going to be able to impact one person. And that one person will turn into a million one day. But it's not going to come without you practicing and being consistent. I totally agree. I mean, even for myself, just jumping right into the deep end, no script, just focus on what it is you want to say. And if what you want to say is authentic, it sh there should be no problem. There should be no stutter or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the one of the more truer episodes that you did was your most recent when you went to talking about how the CEO of Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Kept getting no's. Yeah. And kept pretty much like some people might think banging his head against uh, a, a dead idea. Yeah. And ultimately, here we are today with Starbucks on literally across the street from each other. Yeah. And it's like if if you're trying to approach something, I feel like whether it's podcasting, parenthood, sports, fitness, anything, and you're half stepping or you're listening to the listening to the ether and other people and what they have to say. You're really never going to succeed. And you just. No, I just, and I, I, I feel so, I feel so viscerally empowered on this topic that if you continue to listen to others and their vision for what they think you should be doing, you'll always lose. You'll always fail. I'm not saying that you don't work a nine to five to provide for your family. I'm not saying, I'm not going against that. There are certain things that you shouldn't do because they're just illogical. But you should never lose that, that certain igniting that you have in your, in, your, in your gut to do something. And we all have it. You're, you're still alive for a reason. If God was done with you and your purpose is done, you'd be dead. Or if there was no hope for you, you'd be dead. You know what I mean? Like the fact that we're still living and still able to function means it's proof that we still got a purpose to fulfill. But most people think their purpose is a nine to five and that is inaccurate. The nine to five is just a supply to get you by right now until that breakthrough happens, until that door opens. But you have to be diligent and you have to be authentic in how in, in extracting what it is inside of you that needs to come out. It needs to come out for not only you, but for the people that you're going to affect as a byproduct. So if you suppress that and you live mediocre, and when I say mediocre, I don't mean monetarily speaking. I mean mediocre in the gifts and the innate abilities that he's given you, me, Jenna, Ralph. All of us, if you live suppressed because all your people around you are doing the regular fundamental mediocre living that life, so you just kind of resort to that pattern, then you're always going to find yourself in the ditch from where you're supposed to be, from what, from what your gut feels that you should, where you should be, from where your gut believes you to be, from where your heart knows you should be or what you should be displaying or expressing. But we care way too much about appeasing our parents. We care way too much about appeasing our friends or 
excuse me, our neighbors, when they lay their head down, they don't think about you. They don't give a shit and they act like they do because they're only pressed because they feel like you have a talent that they would probably want or a drive that they don't have. So they project their insecurities onto you as a byproduct. But what they don't know is that you're sensitive and that you're feeling and absorbing everything that they're saying. Even though you don't mind have a, have a relationship with them, you care about what they, what they, how they see you. I think that's just kind of residential in all of us to some degree. So just like insecurities are, we all reside with insecurities. We all kind of reside with some form of, I kind of want that person to accept me just a little bit, right? Even if they don't mean anything to me, I want them to accept me because we want to feel accepted. We want to gravitate towards our tribe, quote unquote, right? So when they don't and they chat and they chastise you and they project upon you, even though the centering why they're projecting upon you is because their own insecurities, nonetheless, it makes you feel like you're smaller than, than what you know yourself to be. And it just depresses you and it suppresses you. And that's why I talk about getting in a, a group of people that are like-minded. You, you may have to ditch some friends. That's okay. You may have to ditch some family members. That's okay. Because it shouldn't come at the expense of the gift that God gave you. He gave you that gift. He gave you something that is different than somebody else. He gave you something that you need to extract and it's your job. It's my job. And so if we're not living in, in the different convictions that we feel every single day. You know what convictions are? Convictions are basically when you go somewhere and you feel like, ah, I shouldn't be doing that. And you don't listen to those things. Well, those same, same convictions happen in your gut when you're about to want to do something, the idea sparks, but then you think back to, oh yeah, but my mom didn't like that. Or my, 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 I know my wife's not going to really approve of that. And so you just stop the idea in its tracks. And that could have been your legacy that you just let float by. And these things are with all of us. Even the homeless people that you see on the side of the road, they have a talent they, they, they just don't, they're just, they just given a shitty lot in life, right? We can, we can assume that maybe their mom was a drug addict and they're a crack baby as a byproduct. And so now they're just, they don't, they don't know where to go. They don't, they don't have any, but God gave them an ability. God gave them a talent just like he gave you and me. So what I'm saying is you can't let that die. I've said it numerous times, but the only way that you're going to ever be able to bring out your best, your identity, is you living self-aware and carelessly about what others think about you. You know how many times I get, I get pummeled from people when I say, when I come out on the, on the Instagram stories and I yell? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure a they're lot of so, They're so hurt. They're so hurt. And, they're, and I know when it's the, I know the people that it doesn't apply to is when they say, why are you yelling? And that's the only thing they took from the story that I'm yelling. And I get it. Some people don't respond well to high decibel levels. I understand. But the message is there, Amy. The message is there, Sandra. The message is there, Ralph. The message is there, John. If you just look at the words, if you listen, and then you couple the fact that I'm displaying an intensity that 
It's probably foreign to you or dormant to you and your being. That doesn't mean that you cast stones on it. But if you do, fine. Because I know there's one person that that might turn around from where they were feeling that day. And that's my duty. And that's the reason why I produce it. On that, when it comes to finding that motivation and building up that momentum to finally say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to step out there and I'm going to go ahead and, and try to make something uh, with this gift that I feel I have. How do, how do you or have you experienced negative interactions? And what I mean by that is, well, people see that momentum you're bringing and they're just trying to catch that wave and use you as a stepping stone to launch themselves as opposed to, you know, working to grow as a community, as, as a people. So what's the question? Just once you find that motivation and it's like, how do you avoid negative interactions with oh, people? Oh, you just don't. Try, yeah, just people oh, trying you to don't. use you. <laughs> you don't. You have to be able to have discernment. So discernment is a powerful gift. And some people don't have discernment. Some people don't have the ability to filter right and wrong people in their life. But everybody's going to look a little different and you must have discernment and you must listen to that convictive voice in your gut. You know, the same voice that tells you, don't go here. Don't do this. Don't give this to this person. Don't engage in this act. You must listen to that convictive voice because that, is, and this is going to be me being spiritual now, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. So when the Holy Spirit's talking to you, you may, you have two choices. You can choose to discard it. Or you can choose to apply it. And it's hard to apply it in most times because in most senses, the, the reason why you're even there and you're getting convicted is because you're following your flesh or you're following the wrong pathway because it's leading to a, uh, a dopamine hit or it's leading to some type of excitement in your life, right? Like give you example, walking into the porn store. If you walk into the adult store, you know you're not supposed to be there. You have that convicted thought yeah. when you walk in, before you walk in. We've all done it. And if you don't, well, buddy, there's something wrong with you. But <laughs> you all, we have that feeling. That's what I'm talking about. So you can choose to listen to it or choose to not listen to it. The choice is yours. And the same thing with people. You can choose to Choose to integrate certain people in your life that you find important, that are giving value. And may, you may not be getting anything from them, and that's okay. But understand the difference between people that are needing of you and people that are just draining you because they feel like they can or because they, are, they have so many pits in their life that they're just using only you and they're only resourcing you when they need to be resourcing God too on top of it. And that's a fight that you can't win. So having discernment in that avenue is, is imperative. Yeah, I think that that's something that probably a lot of people would have a hard time with when they find that motivation to do something with their life and not be knocked down by someone who just wants to step on them to, to propel themselves in this world. That's let me tell you, man, before you go off and ask me another question, because I want to I want to <laughs> I want to uh, piggyback on what I just what we just talked about and what you just said right now. When you said the word motivation, I understand there's a lot of momentum behind that word motivation, but true motivators understand that that term is fleeting. 
and it's really meaningless, it's futile. So when you say motivation, true people, like true motivators, I you would consider myself a motivator, yes? Yeah. So motivators don't look at motivation. They look at how am I going to be at least the same as I am was yesterday or better. And the only way to do that is to keep moving forward. But that doesn't come by motivation because motivation is something that I feel when I take a bang. Motivation is something I feel when I drink a bang, right? Or a pre-workout, I'm motivated. It's got my, my, my dopamine receptors all lit and everything, right? But that is going to drop after some time, right? So what's gonna carry me after that? I need, the f I, and I always revert back to this, but this is, this is the game changer here. You have to give a shit, that's it. If you don't care about yourself, and if you don't care about feeling good on a minute by minute basis, sure, what's stopping you from eating a piece of cheesecake? What's stopping you from not going to the gym? What's stopping you from just taking a walk? Nothing, and everything at the same time. You have to care. The people that you see that are diligent and disciplined, they set those disciplines not because their mommy told them to or their teacher told them to or the law told them to. They set them even if there was no law because they care about themselves way more than they probably should. But they know when they care about themselves, that bleeds onto the people that are around them and they can give their best to people around them. I just had a conversation with somebody in the gym the other day. He told me, he says, he asked me basically the same question you did. How do, you, how do you find motivation during the, um, during the off season or Thanksgiving and Christmas? Because yeah, it, yeah. it was literally like three weeks ago, two weeks ago. And I said, and he's a homie that I've known for a while. He works at Giuseppe's. I see him a lot doing it. I said, hey, I told him what I told you. You have to give a shit. You have to care. That's my first and foremost, um, that's the, that's the crux of, of, of what I do. That's the crux of, of any good, I feel, competitor, athlete, uh, CEO, influencer, whatever you want to call it. Anybody that has a high platform, not saying I don't have a high platform at all, but if anybody who has a high platform, they predicate themselves on that notion. They give a shit about themselves a lot, right? I said, listen, the food... The food is, is not really your problem. It's you caring about yourself right now more than you care about your business, more than you care about making money, all those, the, basically making money, because he was refer, referencing it to, I had my best year this year, but as a byproduct, my weight suffered. So he was trying to he was trying to actively extract information out of me to get him going on the right direction in fitness. And that's not my, that's not, that's not what I'm centered around. I'm centered around you as a person. So if I see patterns in your life that are, that are of the wrong behavior, i.e. you putting your business over you when really you are your business, ding dong. So if you don't, <laughs> if you're not 100%, how can you make 100% growth in your business? If you choose to that year, if you want to, that's your goal. And I told him, I said, I looked at them dead in the eye and I said, listen, you could have actually made more money. You said your best year this year in business, you could have actually made more money had you put a preface on yourself instead of, working in those longer hours and putting in more because really your productivity is probably not the best, right? Because if you can't sustain 
an optimal productivity for three, four, five hours, but you're putting in eight hours of half-assed productivity, how does that match up, right? You can't compare the two. Just like you can't compare an intense workout that's 45 minutes long to a half-assed three-hour workout. It's the same thing. You wanna run a marathon, be my guest, but I'm trying to get my best out of a sprint each and every day. Go my hardest each and every day. I'm not trying to drag this shit out further than I have to. <laughs> and so when he was, when he was saying this, I, I, I said to him, you could have you had a better year. Imagine you could have had a better year had you prefaced yourself alongside your business. And he was like, you know that emoji? With the brains blowing out, <laughs> that was his. That was his face, dude. And oh, I was man. just like, because. But see, he was his face because it clicked. What I was saying resonated and it clicked because I said a lot of things before that, but it clicked. And he was, and it, and it. You could tell that it made sense to him. And hopefully, he'll apply that to his life and not put himself on the back burner. That's the worst thing you can do, dude is put yourself on the back burner as if this is more important. Well, guess what? If you die tomorrow, that business doesn't exist no more. Not, nothing matters over yourself. Nothing is more important over yourself. And I don't mean that selfishly because if you are selfish in the moment with what you need to do and the disciplines you need to set and the boundaries you need to lay, then you will be able to be selfless in the moment as well and in the long term. But that's how you win the game. If life was a game, that's how you win. You can't be continuously extracting from yourself and pulling from what God is calling you to do and what you feel the convicted Holy Spirit is, is guiding you with and, and go in your flesh and, and, or be half-assed with things and just expect great things to happen. I believe that it's, one, it's not your time if it's not your time, right? We can... We can Agree on that. If things haven't happened, the doors haven't opened, then it's not your time. But that doesn't mean that you don't consistently listen to the convictions. You don't consistently set boundaries and disciplines. And that's what this guy wasn't doing. He wasn't setting boundaries in his own life. And he was giving it all to his business. Great, bro. You made 10, 15 grand more this year. Yourself as a byproduct came at as an expense. And who knows? Self-esteem, confidence went down. You may have met a great woman that year, but you didn't because you didn't go out to the bar. Not saying the bar is the right place to meet a woman, <laughs> but you didn't go out yeah. in gathering in social gatherings because you weren't feeling confident because you had a low self-esteem. It wasn't because you're working, but it's because you're not treating your body right and you're not treating your mental space right. You're not exercising like you should. You're not eating like you should because you're not exercising like you should. So it's a domino effect, right? And you didn't meet the woman of your dreams that could possibly have been there because you didn't go out because you were not confident, because you had a low self-esteem, because of all those other things that you failed to do, that you put your business in front of. Great for you, bro. You made 15 extra thousand dollars a year that amounted to nothing. It amounted to nothing. So when you look at the, the, the aspect and you give it that kind of context, it makes sense. You could have made more money, developed more relationships, had more sustenance in your life had you Listen to the convicted voice that told you, don't eat that, eat this instead. Use this time to go to the gym. Use this time to read. It's all choices. 
do what you want with your life. But there are multiple people that are not fed a silver spoon, that are not, that don't have the best of breaks in life, that just created themselves off of being disciplined, listening to the Holy Spirit, and being consistent for years and years. And that's it. That's life. And that's a, I mean, on that same note, I was actually having a conversation, not as intense, with a coworker of mine about, <laughs> but I mean, about finding or carving out that, that amount of time to, to get things done. Being a father, working full time. We were talking about school. I mean, I do the part-time school thing as well. I, I literally don't lay my head down until I'm just going to go to sleep. Right. There's no sitting and relaxing and like Monday through Friday is just go, go, go. Right. We have things to do. And they're all things to, to move the needle forward. Mm -hmm. And this individual was talking about how, oh, well, I would do school if this, that, and the other. When I look at all the time that's spent either just sitting, doing nothing, you could be educating yourself. You could be pushing that needle further. And if none of us had, like if we had the foresight after high school to think, what we could have done with that amount of time before we had to enter the work world and, and live the adult life of paying bills and stuff, being a doctor, being a lawyer or whatever, that's like not to, to bag on those individuals, but that would probably be very easy given mm -hmm. the amount of effort we put into being adults. Mm -hmm. I mean, managing mortgages and, and taking care of family. So mm -hmm. I, I totally get that. Like, it's just, it, it's tough that there are individuals who don't and it's like well, look at all of the time draw it out if you have to I, I don't know how many times I've drawn on a piece of paper and broken up the day into half hour increments of this is what I'm doing and this is when I do it and then remaining consistent with that mm -hmm. like my my 4 a.m. gym schedule that's set in stone for me so that block is always 4 a.m. wow <laughs> That's the time I have. I mean, <laughs> but you do it because that's what you have, right? You, yeah. That's so you at least you get it done, man. Because I'm I'm sure like everybody at work is like, gosh, I would just sleep. And it's like I understand of that. Of course, yeah. I understand you would, but you know, I'm not gonna go to the gym after work and have right. my kids at home. Like, where's dad? Right. So I'll go in there sleep. You put oh, a value on yeah. the gym, man. That's why you make it. Otherwise, you would never do it. You just you would live a sedentary life and. I see when you put it the way that you just did, you would start to miss out on all of those beneficial factors when you invest in, in, in promoting a better well-being within yourself. Mm -hmm. That well-being then prospers and radiates out and attracts more well-being, whether mm -hmm. it be that, that person who you might want in your life or whether it's that a new job or whatever the case may be. 100%, man. And I think most people are going to get it confused by... Let me clarify if some people are getting it confused by me living a selfish life. And that's not, it's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating there, there are times that you need to carve out for yourself like you do with the gym. That's personal time. That's personal development time. That is your time to actually reinvigorate yourself, get yourself energized for the day, get your, get your mind right. And there is enough hours in the day that you could take at least one of those or one and a half of those and apply them to 
you establishing your best self, whether it's through prayer, meditation, uh, yoga, physical fitness, or all of those attributes. That's what I mean by being selfish with who you are and what you're in, in your personal development. If you don't do those things, then I think those things will bleed off into a worse character. And that's what I'm talking about by establishing your best self is doing, giving that self-care to yourself, not excuses. Self-care is not excuses. Like, well, I don't need to do that. I'm sick. I don't need to, uh, or whatever, whatever the case may be. That's not what I'm referring to. I mean, excuses are clear as excuses. Excuses are excuses. We understand that. But self-care should be there no matter how busy you are. And if you're too busy for your self-care, you need to drop some things, bro. You need to drop some shit. And that's <laughs> what I feel wholeheartedly. I don't take certain clients in my business certain times of the day because why? I'm training. If I was predicated on just money, then I would take clients during those times, right? I'd fill up my schedule. I'll work out when I can. That was never a part of the business plan, ever, from day one. I always carved out time for my workout and I didn't take people because people, if I let them, they'll take advantage of me and they'll take advantage of my time. And while that's all good and, and, and merry, I have to be taken care of first so for, for me to be able to extend a thousand percent to them or else I'm just giving them trash and I'm not about trash. I like that, man. And I think on that, I'd like to thank you for sitting down with me and recording a podcast. For those of you who are still listening to the podcast, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm here with Justin Groth, fitness extraordinaire. You guys can follow him or should follow him if you're not already on iTunes, Stitcher, and all of the above, wherever you, wherever you consume your podcasts. And know that it is a motivational podcast that he, that he puts out there. And it really, it really hits home uh, with me a lot of the episodes. Thank you, do. brother. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I really um, appreciate the opportunity to even speak with you too, man. It's, <laughs> I'm grateful. Right on, man. Well, thank you again.